Hello, and welcome to the Art of Selling Online Courses. We are here to share winning strategies and secret hacks from top performers in the online course industry. My name is John Ainsworth, and today's guest is Alinka Rudkowska. Alinka is the CEO of Leaders Press, a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling press, where she creates books for entrepreneurs from scratch and launches them to bestseller with a 100% success rate. She's got this hybrid publishing house. It's got traditional distribution, it's enabled 500 entrepreneurs to share their stories with the world. 91 of those authors have become USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling authors. She's been featured by Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Entrepreneurs on Fire, numerous other outlets, and her mission is to help 10,000 entrepreneurs share their wisdom with the world by 2030. Today, we're going to be talking about how, why to write a book, how to do it, how to promote it, and a lot more. Now, before we start learning from Alinka, I want to mention our sponsor. Today's sponsor is my company, Data Driven Marketing. What we do is we help online course creators to somewhere between two to five times their revenue by building a badass funnel. So if you're interested in that and you want to know how much more you could be making for the existing audience and existing courses you've got, go to datadrivenmarketing.co slash calculator and we'll figure it out for you and we'll send you an email with the details. So Alinka, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, John. This is awesome. So let's start out right at the top. Why would somebody want to create a book? If they're a course creator already, why would they want to get started and make a book? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you're a course creator, you probably want to increase the number of people that will consume your course. So there's a way that you might not have thought of yet, an untapped market, so to speak, for you. And that's readers of books and potentially listeners of audiobooks. So if you think about your content and you know what the course does for your client, you could take that value proposition and create a book that basically explains uh, what your course does, not exactly in the same way, but you would want the book to be sort of the prequel that would lead to the course. And you'll just be able to reach out to so many more people because Amazon is becoming a search engine, pretty much like Google, only with people who actually have credit cards at their disposal (laughs) hooked up. You know, all just need to do, all they need to do is click once to get the book. And, you know, they have this instant gratification so they can consume it really quickly right away. And it's a great opportunity to provide links to your landing pages or directly to your course and to get people into that funnel where, where then they can uh, do more stuff with you. Nice. All right. Well, that sounds good. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, that sounds awesome. I want to create a book, but it sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like it's going to take ages. What can people do to, to write that book without having to completely start again from scratch? Right. Well, if you already have a course, you know, you probably have that course organized in a way with modules and lessons, you know, that could become your outline. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly word for word, but that could be the idea of your outline. And you're not starting from scratch because you've already conveyed all that knowledge that you have in your brain to the audience that's listening to the course. 
before. So it's it's probably written somewhere, or maybe you can get it transcribed if they're videos, and it's pretty easy to go to rev.com or wherever and get that transcribed. So you're already working from transcripts. And you can pretty easily do that. I mean, a book is more, um, usually there's more packed in a book. Uh, it's just the density of it. It's it's the most dense medium, so to speak. So uh, you already have an outline if you have a course and you might want to change it up a little bit. It's possible that the course you created a year ago, you might have some new information. Some things might have changed and you can uh, convey that in the book. So that's a really good way to do it and a really good reason to release the book. And another reason to do it is the authority that it brings. So, you know, you've created a course, but there's probably another person who created a similar course, right? You probably know them. (laughs) So how do you stand out? Like if your potential client is looking at you and your, let's call them competitor, why would they get your course? Like if all things were equal, what if you were a best-selling author? And as the best-selling author, you're recommending your course and your competitor is not an author. So that's a reason which is maybe not exactly fair, so to speak, because, you know, the wisdom that you have right now is going to be almost the same as the wisdom you have once you've done your book, but the, the perception that people have mm. when they hear author or best-selling author changes. So when you're the best-selling author of your book, then uh, people will be impressed a little bit more when they find out about your course. And it's also easier to convert them because not only do you have this authority around you, You also have people's trust if they read your book and liked what they saw. And so you can easier convert them Mm. and get them to to consume your course. So you can do it just by repurposing the content. Or, you know, there are professionals like Leaders Press, which is the company, uh, the publishing house I run, where we can help you do this. But either way, however you do it, it would be a wonderful lead generator for you. And I can talk about books as lead generators because we use them all the time. Mm. All right. So if someone's thinking about this and they're like, that sounds great. I want to build authority and I want to drive leads. And this sounds good. And I've already got a course and I can get it transcribed. That's cool. What do you find in terms of like, like, do you have a recommended word count for a book? Because I'll tell you what, I read a bunch of business books and I think, they have got too many words in here. This actually, I know you were saying about being dense, but some books I'm just like, oh, come on, get to the point a little bit. And I kind of wish they were shorter. But I wonder sometimes if like it needs to be a certain length to be considered a proper book. You know, like what's your thoughts about length of the book? Sure. I can say it depends. I remember at (laughs) university, you know, the professor would say it depends. And everybody was like, no, come on, not another one of those, you know, answers. I can give you an answer. I can give you numbers. I'll give you some ranges now, and uh, you're going to have a really clear vision in a couple of minutes. So a standard, let's call it a standard nonfiction book, what we think of as a standard book is 40 to 50,000 words. I'll give you some examples. So 40 to 50,000 word book, we have a short lead gen book that's called Outsource Your Book. 
and it's 30,000 words. This is the shortest that you can consider a book to be a standard length book. Okay. So it's a regular length, but on the short side, 30,000 words, about 150 pages mm -hmm. of the smaller size, five by eight inches. So that's a standard industry size, the smaller size. Then on the larger spectrum here is we have a book called Design to Win that we did for DHL's 50th anniversary. And that's an 80,000 word book. So almost triple the size. Mm -hmm. And it's about 200, almost 250 pages, I think, of six by nine format. So those are industry standards. Now we've developed short books. So short books that are about 5,000 words or so. So basically we do these based on one interview. So we're, you know, the big books that we do, we interview the author is like 12 to 15 interviews. The short book, it's one, one hour interview. And mm -hmm. we put that book together. It's only purpose is lead generation. Mm -hmm. So what we do with it, as we really work in a very deliberate manner to make it pop in the searches on Amazon. So mm -hmm. it's super optimized for online sales because its main job is to send the author leads. Mm -hmm. And we've now uh, just recently launched one for, for Leaders Press. Mm -hmm. One of our, our chief business officer is the author of this book. It's called Lead and Grow Rich. And it's super short. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> super short, you know, really quick. And then the call to action is to go to our website and uh, basically get into our funnel. But it appeals. So, you know, how like you're asking, I have a course and how do I make my book uh, be part of the funnel? Uh, so, you know, it, it can be subtle, like mm -hmm. lead and grow rich. Our audience is leaders industry mm -hmm. leaders, entrepreneurs. So lead and grow rich will appeal to, to, to our audience. It's a short book. And basically the conclusion is you're a leader. You want to lead in order to do that. You know, you need to have a following in order to have a following. You know, a book is something that would really help you because of the authority mm -hmm. that we mentioned before. And because it will uh, get you subscribers. And so we say, get that book done. And in order to do that, we can help you. So go to this link. So it can be done really, really easily. It just needs to appeal to our target audience. And it doesn't have to be long at all. In fact, as you said, John, sometimes books are too dense and too big. And you would really want you know, just the golden nuggets. I think that uh, many readers will appreciate that. Give mm -hmm. them just the golden nuggets in a short format and tell them to go and get more when they go to this link and they can, you know, sample your course and then you upsell them to your course. Mm. Cool. Okay. So let's say someone has, has done this, right? They've taken their, their course, they've turned it into a book, whether it's 5,000 words or 30,000, whichever one it is, how do they get it out there? And is that the place to start thinking about it? Or do you need to start thinking about how to get it out there before you write the book? Like, how does that work? Right. This is a great question. Well, when we work with authors, we like to think about the marketing first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it all depends on, on your goals. Uh, the short books that we do, they are meant for online distribution only. 
And then we have a program for the regular sized books, which we distribute through our distribution partner, Simon & Schuster. So these go into bookstores. It takes longer because this is part of a traditional distribution channel. So there is some lead time. uh, So you have to wait. But if you're going to do a lead gen book, that's really, really easy. There are three ways to publish a book. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the three main ways and a couple of pros and cons. We actually have a great uh, article on our blog, leaderspress.com slash blog, where you can find out in depth how to do this. But I'll give you the helicopter view. So the first and traditional way to publish books is traditional publishing. So that means you pitch your book idea to agents. And then one of those agents would uh, take care of you and then try to sell it to a publisher. And the main, well, there are two pros. One is that you get an advance, usually. This advance can be between, let's say, a couple thousand dollars for a new author up to, you know, all the way to maybe six figures. But, you know, those are one in a a million, I would say that, uh, you know, the advances like that. You hear about them when you hear, you know, they make the news Mm -hmm. (laughs) when people get advances like that. And so the advance is is a pro. The second pro is the distribution. So you get the traditional distribution, meaning you're in bookstores, airports, libraries. So that's a big deal. And then the cons are it's super long. So from the moment that an agent actually accepts you, you're looking at two, two and a half years before your book comes out. So if you're writing about a timely topic, (laughs) yeah. Imagine you're writing about a timely topic, uh, you know, current events. In two and a half years, that will be, you know, recent history. It's not going to be current events anymore. And you don't have too much creative control. Like you really are giving up that. You might have to rewrite entire chapters. You won't probably have any control over the book cover. And the royalties you're getting are really low. So it's a very low percentage of, of royalties. That's more or less traditional publishing. Then uh, self-publishing appeared. And what it did, it completely got rid of all the gatekeepers. So you don't need an agent anymore. You don't need a publisher. You don't need anybody. You can just go to kdp.com and publish your book. Now, it doesn't mean anybody will find it on Amazon or anybody will buy it because, you know, you're basically becoming a publisher now. So if you don't know how to, you know, write a book, well, um, get it edited, format it, um, create a good cover optimize it for online sales, how to launch it. Like these are, I mean, entire careers have been devoted in order to perfect this publishing process. So you can do it, Mm -hmm. but you need a lot of knowledge in order to do it. So the pros are, well, first, the first pro and amazing, I think mental freedom is that you can do, you can publish a book. Mm. You keep all the royalties because, you know, they all come directly to you and you have absolute control. The cons are, well, the distribution. So it's only online. Mm-hmm. You're not really able to get into any traditional bookstores. You might be able to get into independent stores just by reaching out to them one by one. Uh, but you're, you're not getting distribution. That's the main con. You're not getting any advances either. Uh, but you know, people don't usually look at that. They're not very high anyway in the, in the overall calculation. The main con is the distribution. And then... There are hybrid publishing houses. That's um, pretty new, the marketplace. And Leaders Press, we are a hybrid 
publishing house. So hybrid can mean different things to different people. To us, to me, hybrid means that you get the best of both worlds, meaning that you get the creative control. So we won't let you create a disaster cover, <laughs> but, we'll, you know, but you do have control. So yeah. we'll say, look at these bustling covers. Which ones do you like? And we're going to create something based on the author's preferences. Mm-hmm. We won't allow, since we're also putting our name on the book, we won't allow for a terrible cover. Whereas you know, when you're <laughs> publishing yourself, you can totally publish a disaster cover, have no idea that it's terrible, and then wonder why your book is not selling. But, so, but there's creative control. But, you know, with with professional assistance. And then the biggest thing that I would say in a hybrid publisher is that you get distribution, the traditional distribution. So we do partner with Simon & Schuster for the distribution part, Mm -hmm. and you're able to get into bookstores. So so that's a big deal. The cons are uh, this is uh, a service that we are offering. So there is an upfront investment on the author's part. Mm-hmm. But since we work with entrepreneurial folks, we make sure that we have a funnel set up in order to get the author the ROI as soon as possible. So in every book that we have, we make sure we send the reader to the landing page of the author to you know get a, another maybe PDF or short course or whatever so that then the author can continue the conversation and upsell or convert the reader to a client. Got it. So you mentioned about one of the benefits being to get it into a bookstore. Who does that matter for? Does that matter for everybody or is it just certain people where that matters? It doesn't matter for everybody, I don't think. So you need to think about your target audience. Where do they hang out? If you're marketing exclusively to, let's say, digital marketers, Mm -hmm. then it's possible that bookstores are not really important to you. Is there a market that you would reach only if you were available in bookstores? Mm. So think about the, you know, um, maybe busy entrepreneurs who are at the airport, you know, waiting for their flight going through a bookstore and they, you know, something catches their eye. Get, they get that book and read it on the flight and they like it so much that then then want to hire you and uh, do business with you. Mm. Is that an opportunity? Because if it is, then depending on what you sell, even one such purchase can basically pay for the whole book creation process. So you want to consider that for sure. You know, then there's uh, there are personal dreams, like people that have always wanted to have a book on the bookshelf. You want to go yeah. to the bookstore, take a selfie, or you do a book signing, like a regular book signing, have a line of readers waiting to get their book signed and take pictures of that. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> that's a little bit of an ego or vanity thing. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, I like uh, showing off my accolades as well. <laughs> but it's, you know, mostly the, the business part because somebody might come to the store and that's the only way they would have seen the book. A similar example, I'll give you why I even have the book. <laughs> we do a lot of outreach in order to find our clients. And a lot of it is also direct on LinkedIn, but you won't be able to reach out to everybody because there are some individuals that have a lot of gatekeepers around them. And the only way to reach them is for them to find you. Mm -hmm. An example of that is the co-founder of DHL, 
we would not be able to reach out to to you know the DHL co-founder co directly because uh, there's just so many gatekeepers. He doesn't uh, either. He has a garden of his inbox. It's impossible to exchange, you know, any message, the email that you will find somewhere online. He does not <laughs> deal with that. He has an assistant who deals with that. But at a certain point, a couple of years ago, I saw on my Calendly a name that I didn't re recognize and the email had DHL in it. And then I looked it up and it was the co-founder. And I was like, wow, how does that happen? Well, what he was looking for is for somebody to help him write his book. And he found on Amazon, outsource your book. He went through it. He went through the funnel and ended up uh, on my calendar. So this is, you know, pretty amazing. And this can happen both online and offline. You know, another possibility could have been him or another CEO or founder of a big time company be browsing in a bookstore and find, find your book and then continue the conversation. So it's a phenomenal way to, to bring in clients. And then when they come in, when you talk to them, you come with a lot of authority. So they treat you much better than they would have if they hadn't read your book. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So talk to me then about best-selling status, because you, you we mentioned in the introduction that You've got 91 authors who've become USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling authors. Yeah, it's 172 now. <laughs> oh, oh, we're well out of date then, aren't we? Okay, mm. right. <laughs> but you've got a lot more people that you've worked with who, I think, as I understand it, they've become like a, an Amazon bestseller or something like that. Is that right? Like, what's the We do both, yeah. Yeah. So... How far does being an Amazon bestseller get you? And how far does, you know, when is it like, oh, no, no, you really need the Wall Street Journal side of things? Right. It also depends on your goals. If you just want a book for lead generation purposes, you don't need to have a best-selling author status at all. However, it helps with conversion. So if you're able to put on your book cover, best Amazon bestselling author, or even better, Wall Street Journal or USA Today bestselling author, the re more readers will press on the buy button and want to read your book because, um, you know, they don't want to waste their time on a bad book. And if you put that bestseller status there, I know it doesn't say, you know, best written book. Okay? It's a bestseller book, but still in the reader's head, this mm. means something. So you, you will actually um, get more books out there when you have that status. Now, do you want Amazon or do you want Wall Street Journal or USA Today. I think if your pure purpose is lead generation, I don't think you need to get so concerned about having USA Today or Wall Street Journal bestseller status, even though it will slightly increase conversions. But if you're a speaker mm. or keynote speaker, you want to go to conferences, do more podcasting, then when you come in as a USA Today bestselling author, uh, this is exciting for the host and then you can tell me john if it is mm. it's exciting for the host it's exciting for the attendees because of the authority that it comes with and it comes with so much authority because it's difficult to achieve so in order to become an amazon best-selling author all you need to do is hit one of the tens of thousands of categories in one hour so right. there are tens of thousands right. of categories on on amazon 
and the ranks change every hour. So there's a lot of opportunity to, to do that. It's not very complicated. There is some know-how. You need to know how to set things up. You need to get some sales, but it's not crazy difficult. <clears throat> However, <laughs> you know, USA Today, that's a list of 150, okay? Not tens of thousands, 150 slots, and they don't update they don't change every hour. It's once a week. So once a week, you know, there are 150 slots and you need to sell about, say, 6,000 copies in that week. It's a pretty major endeavor and you might have sold thousands of copies already if you're listening to this, but you need to do it in one week. So it's a pretty condensed period of time and there are authors who've sold hundreds of thousands of books, but have never been able to do it, to do 6,000 in, in one week because it's such a short period of time. It's a big effort to get on the USA Today bestseller list. You need to know what the requirements are. So I'm explaining that a little bit, but it's also important to understand that there are millions of books every week competing for those slots. It's not millions that are actually competing. It's, it's thousands that are actually competing in terms of like, they're doing something marketing-wise to get there. Mm -hmm. But still, it's 150 slots, and there are just so many, so many failed attempts. So it's difficult to do. And because it's difficult to do, that's why it comes with so much authority. So if you want to impress your audience, uh, then uh, it makes sense to be able to add that to your title. So let's say that you've picked out of that the Amazon bestseller. You're like, okay, right, that the Wall Street Journal sounds great, but I'm not going for that. And you're after one category in Amazon. What kind of numbers do you need to be selling in that hour on that day? Or I know it'll vary depending on the category, but um, can you give us a range at all? Right. It has to be a consistent for a little while. And these things have changed a little bit in the past. So in the past, it was you were able to even have one, one sale in an hour. And if you were in some obscure category where no books were selling, you had one sale in that hour, you would get the badge, number one Amazon bestseller. But now Amazon figured that out. They saw people were gaming the system that way. So right now, you need to have consistent sales day after day or hour after hour. And they do look at some averages. But with like 60 sales a day, uh, you're able to get there. Okay. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, 60 is not 6,000, mm -hmm. uh, but still, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's still a uh, you know, healthy number. So, you know, 60 today, 60 tomorrow, 60 the day, the next day. If you hit for that, you choose the right categories, uh, you should be able to get that Amazon status without much difficulty. And do you have to like, watch the amazon pages like a hawk and keep taking screenshots to get it or is there like a is there a badge or like how's that work yeah exactly as you said you need to keep taking screenshots because amazon's not going to send you any congratulations <laughs> letter yeah. <laughs> uh, you need so. to take, take screenshots you're going to get the the badge it's going to say number one amazon bestseller or number one bestseller and once you screenshot it uh, then there you have it that's your evidence you're good all right cool so you're after 60 a day. Do people, are there like 
tricks and techniques people use to get that? Like, do you drop, can you drop the price for a period when it's just new? And I don't know, obviously you want to do some marketing and promotion to your email list and all that kind of thing, but like, what should people be doing? Right. Great question. So what you want to do is stack the promotions, meaning you don't want to do everything one day. There is an Amazon algorithm that figures out which books are popular and the way it works, like nobody knows how it works. Okay, The way I think it works <laughs> is that it looks at increments. Like if you sell 10 books today and 15 books tomorrow and 20 books the next day, it starts saying, uh-huh, more and more people are buying this book. So I'm going to show it in more categories. I'm going to show it linked to something else. And uh, that's how you want to create your promotional campaign. Mm-hmm. So think about, let's say, seven days. And, uh, you know, do the smallest push the first day. So let's get 10 books today. Let's get 15 the next day, 20. And uh, up to, you know, the the largest push towards the end. Mm -hmm. Think also about the tail end. Like if you're going to do this via email marketing and you, you know, mail big on day five, some people open that on day seven and buy on day seven. Mm -hmm. So, So take that into consideration as well. If you orchestrate something like that, you can drop the price. 99 cents there are promotional sites that exist you can find them online book promo sites and schedule those promotions with them Mm -hmm. on top of what you're going to do with your email list or you know maybe have partners that can mail for you then if you you orchestrate that within a 7 10 day window and you choose the categories well then you should be able to achieve that so someone's got all of that set up, they're doing their promotion, they're, they're running stuff on day one, day two, day three, building up. Do you see it work well with people doing like competitions? You know, like if you buy 10 copies, then I'm going to give you this, you know, you could get this bonus. Whatever. Because I remember seeing Tim Ferriss when he did some launch and he had all kinds of things like that going out. Is that something you guys find works? Yes, the strategy I shared, that's an ebook strategy where okay. you can discount your book to 99 cents and you can do what I said. Now, what the strategy that you mentioned is a paperback strategy because mm. you can't buy 10 eBooks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so there's that. And it doesn't really work because uh, Amazon considers bulk purchases as one purchase. Um. So you could say, you know what? I want to get on the USA Today bestseller list. I'm just going to buy 6,000 copies of my book through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna do the trick. But, They've already figured out that people have tried to game the system like that. These have to be six thousand separate purchases. Right. That makes sense. Okay. That is super helpful. Great for kind of understanding when you should do this and how to do it. And then talk to me about outsourcing. I guess we've talked about that a little bit. You guys do that for people, right? So if someone's like, I've got the course already, I've got some money I want to spend I'm willing to spend on this they can come to you guys to talk to Is there certain things that you need? Like do people have to have certain, I don't know, credibility or existing audience size or anything like that for you to work with them? What we need is uh, for the author to have a book idea, mm-hmm. like a specific book idea. And, you know, the willingness to dedicate 10 to 15 hours of their time to doing this and uh, allow us to do the rest. So it's a pretty straightforward process. Uh, The way we start is by understanding where the book will be on the bookshelf. So when you come with an idea, tell us what you want to do. We'll look at um, the categories and what's already out there. 
And then we're going to say, okay, so how does your book stand out? Because we really need to give the reader a reason to buy your book and not the ones next to yours on the bookshelf, mm. you know, whether it's a virtual bookshelf or traditional bookshelf. So that's what we start with. We start with the positioning. Once we have that, uh, we create the outline. So the outline could be, you know, you either have it already and we fine tune it or we create it from scratch, but we want an outline. We want to know what we're going to be writing about. Then we go to the interview phase. So there's an interviewer that will interview you. It's about 12 to 15 meetings. And we already know what it's going to be because we have the outline. You'll get a list of questions in advance before the interviews to digest in your mind. And then you come and um, talk about that. And then that goes to the, that's all transcribed and it goes to the writer. And then we have several passes between the author and the writer. Then we have editing, formatting, create the book cover, and we launch. Uh, so the launch is a big deal, you know, depending on what your goals are. It's going to be an Amazon launch or a USA Today, Wall Street Journal launch, bookstores or no bookstores. It's depending on what you want. And uh, then there you have it. You have an asset that can add six, seven figures to your revenue, depending on how you're already set up. Sort of the bigger you are, are already are, the more, you know, it will bring in. But you can also start from scratch, and that will be your first lead gen, which is and it has been proven to be one of the best converting lead generators, a book as opposed to anything else, because it has the instant gratification component to it and the authority that we mentioned before. And it's you know also easily searchable on, uh, on, on Amazon where people look a lot. Perfect. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on today and explaining all about that. I think that's been, it's certainly been very enlightening for me. I feel like I understand the process a lot better now. So that's cool. If you found this interview useful and you want to get future episodes, then please subscribe wherever you listened. And if you want to learn more about a linker's offer, then go to leaderspress.com slash discover. You can take a quiz to figure out the best kind of book to write. Anything else you want to point people to, Alinka? Yeah, what you said, leaderspress.com slash discover. It's a one-minute quiz where you'll see which book is best for you. And we'll also get you an audiobook version of Outsource Your Book because I think you like to listen. And uh, you'll find out even more about this topic. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you, John.